This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, this is Jeff Fisher. We'll get to the podcast. First, though, what if there was a progressive liberal phone company targeting conservative candidates and organizations? Would you want to switch to a conservative phone company to help fight against their liberal agenda or do nothing and accept that as the cost of owning a phone? Well, now you can take action. That's why Patriot Mobile was created. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide talk, text, and high-speed 4G LTE data and donates up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. You get the same quality service, the latest and greatest phones, along with competitive prices. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze or call 877-367-7524. Finally, a mobile phone company that supports the conservative values that you believe in. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze or call 877-367-7524. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello. Welcome to the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. So good to have you along for the ride today. Well, let's get started, shall we? I mean, we might as well get the politics national and international out of the way. Let's get that off the table. All right. So let's start off with our friend John Kasich. We knew he stayed in the race just to help Trump out, but now, very unlikely, says John Kasich, that he's going to vote for Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump. But he says, hey, I'm not going to be voting for Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton either, but very unlikely. Uh, Too much water under the bridge. Really, John? Really? Uh Uh-huh. And, of course, he makes the case of it's important to get out and vote uh, for people like Rob Portman, who's running for re-election in Ohio. We want people to get out and vote. But uh, I'm not voting for Hillary, and it's very unlikely I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. Okay. Thanks, John. What a douche. Carly Fiorina. She took a couple of strong hits from then-candidate Donald Trump prior to his nomination. Now in a tweet saying, we must have President Trump. We can't have President Clinton. Okay. So Carly is on the Trump train. Good. Good for Carly. Evan McMullen, Gary Johnson, Jill Stein... Oh, sorry. Presidential debates announced no third-party candidates qualified for the first presidential debate. Oh, so sorry. They must have been polling at least 15% in several major national polls to order uh, to earn a spot at the podium. Eh, no. The debates are rigged, says McMullen. Stein thinks so, too. McMullen believes, hey, how about... We 
do one ourselves. We just have a third-party debate on our own. Not a bad idea. Should be broadcast right here on The Blaze. I would like to see that happen. We also talked Friday about uh, on uh, Thursday on the Pat and Stu show uh, on the Blaze Television Network uh, and also heard here on the Blaze Radio Network uh, that we are going to try to have a write-in candidate debate uh, specifically for the Pat and Stu show. But the third-party candidate debate absolutely happened right here on the Blaze Television Network. There should not be any doubt about that. We've got to make that happen. Now, the debates coming up, first one is Monday the 26th of this month. Moderator, my man Lester Holt. Then we have one on October 4th. CBSN and correspondent CBS News, Elaine Harhunho. I don't even know. How, I'm not sure how you pronounce her name, to be honest with you. Q-U-I-J-A-N-O. Elaine Huanjo. I know that's completely wrong. Sunday, October 9th, moderator Martha Raddatz, chief global affairs correspondent and co-anchor of This Week on ABC. And also moderating with her, uh, Anderson Cooper, which we heard Trump saying, Anderson Jundoni works for CNN. Whatever, Donald. And then, of course, October 19th, the last debate prior to the election, moderator Chris Wallace. Yay. Around the nation, gasoline shortages starting to happen if you live in Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Virginia. And I'm sure... It won't be long before they say, oh, up and down the East Coast and possibly a little bit farther west. A pipeline leak has caused gasoline shortages. Apparently they smelled the odor on the mining property. He alerted the pipeline company. They shut it down. There's two pipes. They shut them both down. I think one line is back open again, which means there's just going to be shortages, not the usual, hey, we're out. And then they've got to shut them down again to probably do a reroute uh, to try to find the leak. I think they've found where the leak is, or they think they found where the leak is, but they're going to try to do a runaround uh, so that the pipeline can be open while they fix the actual pipeline. We'll see if that works out for them. U.S. Air Force Friday grounded 10 of its F-35 Joint Strike Fighters. Yay! Just after a month, uh, they were declared combat ready. Ah, don't worry about it. They're combat ready. Oh, wait. Oh, no. No, they're not. In this story, it said that it's going to cost about uh, $400 billion for these weapon systems, the F-35 fighter jets. Wow. I'm sorry, the F-35 Joint Strike Fighters. And I thought, $400 billion, that seems outrageous. But then I did some hunting around a little bit. Um, A single Air Force F-35A costs about $148 million. One Marine Corps F-35B costs about $251 million. A lone Navy F-35C costs... $337 million. Wow. 
I mean, that is amazing. And in this particular story uh, from a couple of years ago, uh, the production costs always uh, get bigger. Oh, uh, really? Hmm. That's strange. You mean they ch- end up charging more than what they say? Huh. I find that hard to believe. Like in a briefing delivered to reporters uh, a couple of years ago, the F-35 developer Lockheed still advertised the cost of the airplanes. Highly respected aviation week on July 22nd. The taxpayers put up $98 million for each F-35A. But really, they paid about $188 million. Yeah, the ninety-eight, the ninety-eight million was the start. Uh, but guess what? No, uh, really. With uh, after uh, overruns and uh, fixes, uh, it's going to be a little, a little bit more than that. Like the cost of the uh, F thirty-five, uh, two hundred thirty-two million. Uh, no, you know what? That's really two hundred fifty million. And that whole Navy F thirty-five C that was two hundred seventy-three million. In 2014, uh, you know what? Uh, 2015, it's 337 million. Don't worry about it. We got plenty of money, right? We just print it out. Don't worry about it. Do not worry about it at all. Before we get to international, let's talk a little bit about the United States. And I know that uh, paying for maternity leave was big in the news this past week, thanks to uh, the Trumps. And their uh, express plan to expand the Paternity Leave Act and pay for people who, women who want to leave work and have babies. And I saw a poll that said, do you think the U.S. should guarantee maternity leave for new mothers? Do you think the U.S. should guarantee maternity leave for new mothers? Well... It's kind of all in the wording, right? Because, yeah. I mean, and in this poll, 58% said yes. 32% said no. 10%, yeah, I don't know. But it is all in the wording. Because believing that you should guarantee maternity leave for new mothers, let's say, yeah, um, I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to go off and have a baby for, I'm going to take time off. Whatever amount of time that is. When I come back, I still want my job. I'm kind of on board with that. Kind of. But for the government to pay for you to be off? And then guarantee your job when you get back? Uh, No. No, I am not for that. Um, Your choice getting pregnant. Your choice on the relationship you have with your employer. Um, Hey, I'm having a baby. Um, I'm going to use my vacation time, and then I'll be back. Okay. Okay. Uh, hey, I'd like to take a little bit more time. Maybe I can take, you know, whatever other time they have at the place. And boss, I'd like to, you know, I'm going to be off for a little while. I'll work as much as I can. And then I'll come back to work and I still have my job and, you know, we'll do it. Okay, that's fine. Maybe this is where I'm, I'm kind of wishy-washy. Maybe we say, okay, you can have, you know, all right, if you're pregnant and you have a baby, you can get a month off. 
guaranteed. Um, and I think that's the way it is now, right? You can get uh, time off, no pay, job guarantee. When you come back, your job is here for you. Or at least a, a similar job, right, without a pay cut. I think that's the way it is. And, and I'm not positive about that. And that's even pushing it. That's even pushing it. I mean, how many times over the years? I mean, people have been, I know this. Look, mothers have been dropping kids in fields, in deserts, on ships for thousands of years, and they continue on their lives. Yeah. Amazing how that happens. Yeah. Amazing. So for me to pay for your choice of having a kid, no. No, 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 no. But you want to work out a deal with your boss that you're going to be off and you're going to get your job back when you come back. Good for you. Good for you. You got a great relationship. If the boss says take what you need, Job's here when you get back. Okay. Good. And you know it's going to come back to males. I I mean, I, I don't even remember taking time off. And, I mean, wives hated me, but I worked. I mean, the kid was born great. I was there for every birth, and then I went to work. That's just the way it is. Love you. You look great. Be back after the job that pays for this. Thank you. Goodbye. I just don't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Sorry. In international news, and there's plenty of it, and there's plenty of international news for you. Just to, you know, straighten out a little bit. Like Monsanto agreeing to buy Bear. The German company buying Bear? Yes, that's right. It's only $57 billion. So Germany's Bear, I said that wrong, Bear is buying out Monsanto. I think I said that wrong. Anyway, $57 billion. But they're going to be nice enough. Don't worry about it. Monsanto can stay here in the U.S. We'll still own it, though. <laughs> Don't you worry about it. I know it's a German company and all, but it's fine. Worry about it. We'll just own everything. Yeah. Between Germany and China? Don't worry about it. Good news, kind of, from the EU. Uh, They can't ratify the Paris climate deal. Uh, What? The EU? Yes, the EU's inability to agree on a joint statement on how to deal with the Paris Agreement does not come as a surprise, according to this article, the Global Warming Policy Forum. But it does to me. Uh, I would be thinking that they are all behind this little Paris climate deal because it's all about money. But maybe there's not enough money because, as the Polish government uh, repeated, uh, hey, I'm ready to support the ratification. Uh but uh, look, I, whew, man, do I need some money, okay? Uh, we've got uh, some coal fire plants that we need to, uh, we need to secure, and uh, we need this bill ratified. I've got, uh, I need assurances on, uh, on money 
for those new coal-fired plants. But those new coal-fired plants, are. what about those are not part of the climate deal, are they? Hey, don't worry about it. We just want our money. It's all about money. <sighs> Turkey, he's just on a, a roll. Um, after his after the failed coup attempt, plenty of people in Turkey are saying, "Hey, this purge is a witch hunt of medieval darkness." So President Erdogan is treating everyone like dirt. You tried to take me over. One part of the story that uh, talked about uh, part of the witch hunt is one a professor who cl- who is a socialist who is all behind this but was not a part of uh, the coup. But he had a book by the man that they say was behind the coup that lives in Pennsylvania, United States. Uh, so he's gone. Uh, he's, uh, they drug him off into the into the Netherlands. Huh. Weird. Weird how that happens. Hmm. Strange when you have dictators like that. In the Philippines, thousands dead after their president, Duarte, uh, took battle on the druggies. He hates the U.S., doesn't want to be part of the U.N., wants the U.S. out of his land. I say we let him be. No problem. Good for you. Good for you. And if you are worried about the United States and traditions... And how I remember our president of the United States on his run for the presidency along with his wife said, hey, we have to change our traditions. Well, we're not the only one. In Spain, the spectacle of the Toro de la Vega festival, where the locals chase a bull into a field on the edge of town, the others on horseback wield spears. For centuries, the bull would then be stabbed to death. This year, the act was banned. Um, Animal rights activists were all wound up, but the people of the town, they are not happy. This isn't about defending the life of one brave bull. It's about defending rural traditions. Oh, really? If you want to talk about abuse, look at all the refugees. Look at all the children starving in the world. And people are worried about one bull here. They fear that this type of ban could spread to other rural festivals. No! And chip away at rural life in Spain. You think? So, when you say to yourself here in the U.S., Hey, man! Traditions are changing. They're trying to change history. They're taking things away. We didn't used to do it that way. Sadly, we are not alone. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, this is Jeff Fisher. Let me tell you about this, and then we'll get to the show, okay? 
If you're in the market for a new mattress, Casper.com slash Fisher should be the next website you visit. Casper created one perfect mattress that sold directly to you at a shockingly fair price, eliminating the need to endure one of those commissioned salesman mattress stores with inflated prices. Casper shipped for free right to your door, delivered in a sleek, how the heck did it fit in their box? You just let it unfold, and there you have it. One of the most supportive sleep surfaces ever designed, hassle-free. Casper, made in America. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Obsessively engineered with breathable latex and memory foams that are combined for just the right sink and just the right bounce. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free. You don't love it? They'll pick it up refund you everything right now get fifty dollars toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash fisher casper.com promo code fisher terms and conditions apply casper.com slash fisher Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Welcome to it. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, and Instagram at JeffyMRA. Uh, you just heard Michael Pelka, the show prior to this one on the Blaze Radio Network. Immediately following myself is Lawrence Jones. And then Mike Slater and Joe Paggs all live on the Blaze Radio Network on Saturday. My gosh. I mean, I don't even know why you consider, would you even consider going somewhere else? Because, um, hello, we uh, have it all for you right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday through Friday. (laughs) I mean, it should just, when you log on, it should say, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, A lot more to get to today. Be back on the other side. The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to the broadcast. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. So, how many times have you read the stories that uh, have uh, told you that uh, someone was trying to, I don't know, have have a lemonade stand? have uh, little kids selling cookies outside the store. And people came along and shut it down. And why did they shut it down? Because they didn't have a permit. Timothy Sandefur has written a book called The Permission Society. And Tim, The Permission Society is exactly that, isn't it? I can't even sell lemonade without some sort of permit from the government. 
That's right. I think it's important whenever people hear the word permits to keep in mind that what that means is permission. You're having to get the government's permission <laughs> to do something. And when you think about how many things in our lives today we have to ask the government's permission to do, I mean, build a house, start a business, hire somebody, buy a gun, even medicine, right? What is a prescription? A, a, a medical prescription is a government permit allowing right. you to have a medicine. That's Unbelievable. You are absolutely right. So, Tim, what, first of all, has it just been because we've just looked the other way and said, yeah, well, you know, that sounds good? Because when you think about it, uh, you'll use prescription for, for an example. Uh, you think about, well, yeah, you know, if they say, well, you know, somebody probably needs to oversee that. You know, I, I don't, you know, I obviously, depending on, you know, what uh, type of uh, political uh, leaning you are. Uh, either you think, yeah, well, you know, people should be regulated or, you know what, people should live and die on their own regulations. And uh, so what? If they take more medicine than they're supposed to, uh, that's up to them, not you. But Yeah, I think... I think in, in, in the book, I argue that it is just a gradual thing, like you said, that we, what happens is it's very easy to fall into this way of thinking, of saying, well, such and such an activity is dangerous, so right. we're going to just have a rule that says you have to prove that you know what you're doing before you do the thing. The problem is right. you can apply that kind of thinking, if you're not careful, to absolutely anything. And I give examples and, in the book of how people have tried to force you to get government permits to have children, or in some cases, there's one arg uh, a couple of philosophers who have made the argument that you have to get the government's permission before you treat your children well by sending them to private schools and stuff. That is, and that's uh, actually uh, more and more, right? I mean, more states uh, are uh, uh, going against the homeschool uh, thought process by saying, well, you know, yeah, you can homeschool, but prove to us that you know what you're doing. In Michigan well, in the 1990s, they tried to shut down homeschoolers by requiring them to get teacher credentials before they could uh, homeschool their children. Unfortunately, the Michigan Supreme Court said, no, that intrudes too much on the, on the constitutional rights of parents. But, you know, these kinds of permit requirements are pervasive. We find them everywhere. What, uh, what got, you, uh, got you started uh, writing this book down this line of the, of the Permission Society? Because I absolutely love the, love the idea. Well, I was talking to a lawyer friend named Alan Gura. He won the the big Second Amendment cases before the Supreme Court in the previous years, uh, the Chicago case and the D.C. case about gun rights. And he was saying, you know, in the First Amendment realm, when we're talking about freedom of speech or freedom of the press, the, the constitutional rule is very clear. You're not allowed to have a law that forces people to get permission from the government before they, they can speak. A permit requirement is simply unconstitutional. Well, why shouldn't that be the case for the right to possess a firearm? How come the government can, can impose these extremely vague standards that say you're not allowed to own a gun unless there's good cause? And of course, good cause means whatever the bureaucrats say it means. And I got to thinking, well, gosh, you could look at everything in life that way. I mean, why? Why is it that the government can, for instance, if you want to build a house, they can impose a permit requirement that tells you what your house can look like? Well, gosh, you know, architecture is a form of free speech. If you look at, at Frank Lloyd Wright houses, that's a, those are beautiful artistic achievements. How can right. the government come in and restrict speech by telling me what my house can look like when I build it? <laughs> well, is I mean, again, uh, when we have our uh, uh, homeowners uh, tribe, uh, in the neighborhoods, our neighborhood watch societies, uh, they tell people they can't have stuff in their front yards, their backyards, what color their fence can be. No, those windows are wrong all the time. And the argument is, well, hey, you moved into the neighborhood. You knew what you were getting into. But why are and, those rules there I in do, the first place? 
Well, I, I, and I make it, I try to argue, I'm not saying that permit requirements are never a good idea or that, uh, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm arguing actually that, that the free market can provide protections when necessary that are better than government protections. So take, for example, zoning rules. Zoning was created about 100 years ago on the theory that this would be a way of rationally organizing cities and making sure that things were located in the best places so you didn't have haphazard development where you'd have a factory next to a school and so forth. Well, 100 years later, it turns out, if you look at the Manhattan zoning map today, uh, it is yeah. every bit as crazy quilt and, and lunatic as it was 100 years ago, it, because everybody gets variances and exceptions and exclusions and grandfathered in and so forth. The difference is, back then, the choices about how land use was going to be done were made by the people who own the property and, and it was based on supply and demand and what the market wanted, what consumers wanted, and so huh. forth. Today, those decisions are made by political bodies, by who knows a politician, who contributes the most to his campaign, who can get a favor from City Hall, and so forth. That's I the mean, big difference. It's not right. a difference between no planning on one hand and planning on the other hand. It's a question about whether the planning is done by the people or by bureaucrats. I mean, we've seen evidence of that in this latest presidential election uh one of the candidates is proud of be, of doing that i mean that's what that's what his deal is yeah i gave to everybody i had to that's get right. stuff done i mean it's amazing yeah, that's right um you talk a little bit about in your book uh i will go to chapter seven here guns and we touch a little bit on guns and a little bit on drugs for prescriptions but guns drugs and sex i mean those are three things that are definite permission society Yes. Well, I think the reason why is because permits, the rule that you can't do something unless the government lets you, that's obviously an extremely powerful tool for the people in government. And so permits have become a device where uh, those in government can impose not just their preferences when it comes to economics or property use, but also their preferences when it comes to morality or how society ought to look and so forth. And so I argue that the, we've seen in recent years, we've seen the development of these uh, so-called yes means yes rules that presume that you're a rapist unless you can prove afterwards that you got consent from your partner at every stage throughout the evening. Well, we've pretty much, we've pretty much reached, I mean, we have pretty much reached the uh, uh, guilty unless proven innocent instead of innocent right. until proven guilty stage right now with almost everything, exactly. let alone rape. And, and this is now the law in California for college campuses. All colleges in California are required to have one of these, one of these what they call affirmative consent rules that presumes that you're guilty of rape unless you can prove a negative. I mean, this is a reversal of a thousand years of criminal law in the Anglo-American common law system that has always proved, pre presumed people to be innocent until proven guilty. And the reason why you're presumed innocent until proven guilty is because it's never possible to literally prove your innocence. You could come up with all sorts of hypothetical, well, gosh, what if you did it this way? Oh, what if you did it that way? And so forth, if, you're, if the presumption is guilt. And so we have the presumption of innocence because it's, it's just not logically possible for a person to prove that he didn't commit a crime. Well, for the same reason, I think all permit requirements suffer from the same handicap. A rule that says you're not allowed to build a home unless you can prove that it would be absolutely safe. You're not allowed to possess a firearm unless you can prove that you would be absolutely qualified to possess a firearm. You're not allowed to start a business unless you can prove that you would absolutely not cause pollution or, what, or whatever. Right, right. You, these rules always presume you guilty unless you can prove that you're innocent or presume you unfree unless you can prove that you should be free.
Um, where are we headed with this, Tim? I mean, are we are we just gonna, is it going to get just worse and worse? Because it certainly seems that way. And then there are times when I feel like, no, you know what? People are starting to get it. Uh, we're going away from it. They realize that, hey, uh, you know, we want to be free. As an example. I, I live here in Texas, and you know everybody talks about the, the great uh, freedoms of Texas, and it's true to a point. But Texas is being invaded from other states, and those things that they're coming to Texas. Yeah, we love Texas for the freedom, but you know we should really do it the way we did it in our state. No, we shouldn't, and it's getting worse. Oh, that is, so that is so true. Yeah. No, I you know I'm in the same camp as you. I, I some days I feel optimistic and some days I feel pessimistic. I feel very pessimistic when I look at the national level, but when I look at at the 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 young generation, I feel more confident. I think people who I think the 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 kids who are coming out of college today, a lot of them have pretty crazy ideas, but a lot of them also see what a real threat this is and how their generation is being harmed and deprived of opportunity because of the permission society. To me, this is the main problem with the permission society is that saying you have to get government's permission first is a real handicap to innovation and opportunity and discovery and growth. And so it's the younger generation that has the most to lose because those people who already have permits to run a business or whatever, they're, they're, they're set, they're secure. It's the rising generation of entrepreneurs and newcomers to the market, they're the ones who get locked out because of the permission society. So I'm hoping that they see this problem and are willing to say, you know what, we should have a rule that you're free unless proven otherwise, instead of a rule under the permission society that you are not free unless the government says that you are. And you think that these students coming out of colleges in their safe spaces are going to do that? I don't know. I like it. You know, that that is a, a main concern for me. It really is. But, I, you know, I also I also talk to a lot of students who who really get it. So. I know I, it's not it is. It most it most definitely isn't everyone. No question. Uh, we are definitely in a, a surrounding world of the minority is getting the getting the coverage and the majority is just like, well, that's just stupid and move on. Um, yeah, right. No, no well, question. it's so stupid, we can hardly believe that that's actually going on. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the whole safe spaces thing took me totally by surprise. <laughs> I, I was, I'm still astonished by how stupid that is. And yet it's, it's, it seems to be getting more and more common. I, I don't yes. understand it. Yes, it is. I, I, I don't either. Um, okay, so one of the things, it's kind of a catch-22 uh, as well, because you talk about uh, the people who already have their permits are are good, so they've locked out the ones that don't. But really... Uh, when you think about it, if you have a permit and that was issued by whoever, and we'll just use the government as the overall uh, uh, permitter, uh, they can come in at any time and say, you know what, no, uh, no, we're shutting you down. Uh, that permit isn't good yeah. for you anymore. And that's the problem. Yeah. And there's no or way to find it. impose different rules on you as, as you go forward. I mean, a, a good example of the kinds of ways that permit holders can be exploited is with building permits. So if you, if oh, you get a building, if you want a building permit, very often local officials will come to you and say, okay, you can have your building permit, but you have to give us a little something in exchange for that permit. <laughs> and, you know, the, the little something can often be a tremendous amount. And there have been Supreme Court cases that say permit officials are not allowed to use the permit requirement 
government as a way of just uh, a, a plan of extortion to take things from people. But unfortunately, local officials very often find clever ways to get around that and to, to force people to often give up their land in exchange for a permit to use the rest of their land. Or in a case that I litigated some years ago, my clients were forced to give up their right to vote in exchange for a building permit in Southern California. Wow. Why, first of all, I mean, I don't know that I would ever say yes to that, but what caused that to happen? I want to hear. In California, there's a, the Constitution of California guarantees your right to vote on certain kinds of property taxes called assessments. And it's illegal for the local government to impose these assessments on people without having an election. But the city of Carlsbad decided that it wanted to impose these assessments. So when my clients went in for a building permit, it, the city said to them, okay, you have to pay $115,000 in assessments up front, which is already illegal. And then they said, but if you can't afford it, and of course nobody can, then you can sign this <laughs> waiver that says that you give up your right to vote on any future assessments. And that, is, that waiver runs with the land. So anybody who buys their property afterwards also doesn't have the right to vote on property assessments. And unfortunately, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals rejected the, that case on a technicality. And so that law remains on the books today. Wow. I mean, I don't know what else to say except, wow, that really amazes me. But why not? Why wouldn't they try? Because if it works, okay. Yeah, you know. I mean, right. Timothy Sandifer, the Permission Society, available now in every available place that you could possibly find it, the Permission Society. Is there a website that you'd like anyone to go to, Tim? Or are you just good with uh, sending them to uh, the usual suspects and purchase the book? Well, you can, you can check out my work and the work of my colleagues at the Goldwater Institute at goldwaterinstitute.org. And for more information about the book, you can go to Encounter Books' website. Great. Timothy Sandifer, thank you very much, man. I appreciate you joining us on the broadcast today. Thank you. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show, The Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. Oh my gosh, it is. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Thank you to uh, Timothy Santa for the Permission Society. I've only gotten partial way through the book and I'm fascinated by it. He was great. And think about that. Uh, the next time your kid goes out to sell lemonade on the street corner, how fast that they can... Uh, you need a permit, so get your kid off the curb. Oh, uh, you know. Thank you, no. Don't mind if you do. Uh, so much more to get to on the Jeff Fisher Show here on the Blaze Radio Network. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, Facebook Jeff Fisher Radio, and of course Instagram at JeffyMRA. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. So much more to get to. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Oh, I do know where we're going to begin. We're going to begin uh, <laughs> with the sex machine of the Galapagos, okay? <laughs> yeah. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. 
This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello. How are you? Nice to see you. So I told you we'd start with the sex plates of the mean sex god, Diego. Diego is a Galapagos giant tortoise. He has fathered an estimated 800 offspring. He's over 100 years old, and he is still going strong. He helped save his species from extinction. (laughs) Yeah. And according to the tortoise preservation specialist at Galapagos National Park, he's a very sexually active male reproducer. He's contributed enormously to repopulating the island. (laughs) He's a mean machine. He shares his enclosure with six females, his partners in the task of saving their species. It's about 175 pounds, 35 inches, about uh, five feet tall when he stretches uh, completely out. Nice. And he was found, and it was weird, he was found at the San Diego Zoo, which is, you know, I wonder if that's why they call him Diego. And uh, we don't know how exactly or when he arrived to the United States. He showed up uh, maybe sometime between 1900 and 1959, and uh, then they brought him back uh, to the islands in 1976. And ever since then, the sex machine has been on fire on the Galapagos Island, Diego. Back from his world travels, ready to repopulate his species. <laughs> so crazy. And then we've doing that. And then there's a story that talks about now the headline. The headline is kind of, I mean, it leads you kind of like, that's kind of creepy. Um, I don't know that I actually want to be a part of that. But the headline is, Gran, 60, set to give birth to dead daughter's baby as part of her dying wish. And then, you know, you kind of get into it and you think, well, 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 maybe. A grandmother, 60 years old, has been given the green light to give birth to her grandchild using her dead daughter's frozen eggs. The British woman, reportedly been approved by health consultants, uh, she got permission from the Permission Society, to transport the eggs to the U.S. where she is hoping to use donor sperm to fertilize the egg and conceive her grandchild. The unnamed woman daughter, 28, when she died from bowel cancer five years ago. She reportedly asked her mother to have her children, but no consent was ever signed. It's been five-year battle to get these eggs. Wow. So they decided, hey, this is a unique situation. And, um, you know, it's highly unlikely that uh, Mrs. M's daughter would have denied her consent to conceive using her eggs, you think? Such issues of consent are the cornerstone of the law and needed to be carefully considered. Uh huh. So. Uh, We would urge uh, anyone storing eggs, if you're storing eggs or your sperm, to record as clearly as possible in writing what they, what you intend to have happen if you, uh, if you die. 
Okay, that's just some little information for you. If you've stored your eggs or stored your sperm, make sure uh, you know exactly what's supposed to happen to them. Otherwise, Granny, you're going to be having your kid. Weird. I don't, it doesn't make. I mean, she's having. She's got the eggs of her daughter, but then she's coming to the U.S. and she's just picking out some sperm. Yeah, you know that one'll do. So, come to think of it, it's weird. At first, I was trying to give it a little bit of a break, but come on, Grandma, take it easy. I know you want to hold on to your daughter. I get it, but how about a picture? But no, I've got her eggs frozen right here. I can just pick out somebody's sperm and then I've got a kid. Hold on to a picture. Okay, This story will make you want to go out to your garage because I already do. Find the Rubbermaid container or containers, plural, that are full of baseball cards and football cards and football betting trading cards from a million years ago and go through them. Because, A, the cards are going to be worth a lot of money. The last time I even started going through the boxes of baseball and football cards I have, I, I didn't even get through a quarter of them. And I already had some set aside that were worth quite a bit of money. Now, obviously, you have to have somebody pay you the money for them. I got it. But, I mean, it's fascinating how much some of these cards are worth. And when you were a kid, you were, you know, you was playing with them. You're throwing them around, getting them dirty instead of going, these are going to be worth money. I should just put them in my room. No, you didn't do that. Why? Because you're a stupid kid. Texas man, Darwin Day, lives in Grand Prairie, Texas. That's not far from here. That's part of the metroplex of the DFW area. 70-year-old man discovered a full set of vintage Topps baseball cards from 1957 to 1958. Pretty impressive, right? Now, on the back of the cards was a competition. And he won the prize. A brand new Louisville Slugger Glove. How cool is that? Huh? I mean, that is really cool. The baseball cards were originally part of a bazooka bubblegum purchase. And the company had promised the buyer the chance to win an assortment of prizes if they correctly answered sports trivia questions and sent them in along with a card and five gum wrappers. He noted the contest, hey, it didn't have an official cutoff date, decided, hey, I'm going to submit it, and we'll see what happens. It didn't have a, he was quoted as saying, I was struck by the fact that it didn't have a year listed on the card. Uh, It was a simpler time. You didn't need a team of lawyers to do everything back then. Thank you, Darwin Day. (sighs) Officials at Bazooka Candy Brands, which is part of the Topps Company, an American sports company, soon received Day's submission. After noting he'd answer the trivia question correctly, the corporation decided to make good on their promise. Yeah, you damn well better, Bazooka. Uh, Because guys uh, all over the country now are looking for that stuff. And you better hold true to your word. Or you will need that team of lawyers that Darwin said you didn't need back then. 
The baseball fan soon received a phone call informing he'd won the competition along with a baseball glove. He got t-shirts, Bazooka Joe-themed pillow, and plenty of bubble gum. Now, he was going through his stuff because he started out being a sad thing because he lost his brother and he was going through his stuff and he was going through his brother's stuff and then it made him want to go through his stuff. So he was going through his stuff and he found the cards and he did this out of just, hey, I'm going to do this to take my mind off some stuff. And then he wins. Really cool. Really, really cool. Bazooka, good for you. Good for you. So he got the new glove and he got the uh, plenty of gum. He got some T-shirts. I would love to talk to this guy. I'm going to try to get him on the air. Maybe we talk to him next week on uh, one of the other shows I participate in. You know, the Pat and Stu show. Or, hey, I don't know, there's another show, some silly little show that I'm a part of. What is that show again? Mm. Oh, that's right, the Glenn Beck program. This guy's great. Darwin Day. Good for him. I want to see the glove. Right? Come on. I I have to go through my boxes of stuff um, and baseball cards, too. So I've got baseball and football cards from a thousand years ago. Got to be worth some money, right? And you go through that stuff. Like, he, was, he lost his brother, so he was going through all this stuff. You know, you start – I wasn't going to say anything, but earlier this week, one of my old friends that I – you know – Hell, I spent years with this guy. Uh, passed away, and we had, you know, gone our separate ways, uh, you know, a number of years ago. So we never really stayed in, you know, in close contact. But he always felt, at least I did, that if at any time you were to run into each other, you could sit down on the sofa and not say anything and still be good, right? You remember those are friends. And, you know, you get caught up for five minutes and then you sit there and you don't have to say anything. And those are your friends. And uh, it was sad news to uh, hear that uh, hear that he passed away. TJ and I had a lot of good times together. And his family was always great to me. And uh, he's a good man. And I'm sorry to hear him go. But. That's what Darwin Day was doing. Losing his brother, going through his stuff, and Bazooka pulled through for him. Good for them. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up immediately after this broadcast. Okay, Lawrence Jones. And then Mike Slater. And then Joe Paggs. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty darn good Saturday on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. is the Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. (laughs) 
So we have a conversation off the air, but just I want to finish up the conversation uh, off the air with uh, my producer, John, in New York. Now, isn't that their job? Uh, I disagree. Anyway, I disagree. Did you know that tomorrow, tomorrow is National Cheeseburger Day? Did you know that? Well, you do now. Tomorrow is National Cheeseburger Day. And I believe that uh, I'm prepared to celebrate. I'm prepared to celebrate. Now, there are plenty of places that you can go. uh, You can receive a free burger. Up to $10 with the purchase of an adult entree at Ruby Tuesday. Black Angus Steakhouse is offering a coupon for customers to get any lunch entree. Uh, That's a deal. Uh, Burger five five dollar cheeseburgers. Delta Delta Airlines is going to serve Shake Shack burgers aboard flights from JFK to LAX on Sunday. Nice. They just opened a Shake Shack in Dallas too, man. We went there the other day. Good. There's a there's a Shake Shack in Manhattan by where our studios used to be when we worked in New York. Uh, frequented uh, that particular that particular establishment a number of times. Uh, Cheeseburger, they're asking you to tweet uh, your pictures of cheeseburgers and your uh, inner day for tomorrow on the National Cheeseburger Day. Now, I just saw a thing that told me eight things I'm not supposed to, I'm supposed to stop eating right now. And I thought for sure it was going to say cheeseburger. Fortunately, it did not say cheeseburger. It did say I'm supposed to get rid of uh, fruit juice. Fruit juice is bad. Stop drinking it right now. White rice, bad for you. Stop eating it right now. No more white rice. It's it. White bread, stop it. Okay, so I just got, I can't put like a white burger bun on my cheeseburger. It's got to be a whole wheat bun. But I'm still having my cheeseburger. Um, fried everything. Oh boy. I gotta have a boiled burger. There's no, no boiled burgers. No, I can't. I can't. I'm gonna do the rest, but I can't. I gotta. I mean, I have to. Then you got the burger fried, right? And then you got to have French fries that are fried with the burger. I mean, that's just America. Creamy salad dressings, no problem. We're good. I can stop that. I can stop everything but all the fried stuff right now. Carb snacks, ooh. Foods like rice cakes, and who doesn't love those, have glycemic indexes up to 90%. That means the body treats them as sugars, sending your glucose levels into a rapid up and down. Plus, unless you regularly exercise, the excess carbs are immediately stored as new fat. So stop eating carb snacks immediately. (laughs) Wow. Number seven, frozen dinners. Oh, no. Oh, no, you're not supposed to have frozen dinners? Sodium is notorious for causing water retention that leads to bloating. Also, even though the portions seem small, there are a lot of calories in each bite, leaving you hungry for more no matter the calorie count. So those things you should give up right now. I'm good with everything but the fried stuff. I'm not giving up fried stuff till tomorrow, till after tomorrow. And then we'll see. Possible I could give it up tomorrow. Possible. Possible. I could give it up after tomorrow, but I'm not giving it. It's National Cheeseburger Day. Okay? It's National Cheeseburger Day. Now, 
Those of you that uh, caught Pat and Stu on Thursday caught us talking about the Olive Garden giveaway. Uh, the pass. The all-you-can-eat pasta bowl pass that they were giving away. Uh, last year they gave away 2,000 passes and it sold out in seconds. So this year they said they were going to give away 21,000 passes. And it was good for seven It's good for seven weeks. It's a uh, um, Olive Garden all you can eat pasta pass and you can eat you go in for the pasta bowl your card is good for unlimited drinks coca-cola drinks the pasta pass and unlimited drinks for a guest and it's good for seven weeks and it was a hundred bucks and i was thinking you know that's okay i don't know that i ever get a hundred bucks out of it because you're going to go there once maybe twice and you're going to overstuff yourself, and then you're going to probably think, you know what, that's enough Olive Garden for a month. And then that's that's going to be the end of your card. Because there's no, hey, use my card, go eat some pasta at Olive Garden. It's got to be you. right? Non-transferable. So um, I guess you could go and you know take a friend and order drinks and the pasta bowl and then slide the pasta bowl over to your friend. I don't know. It's all for in-house dining, too. There's no takeout. Yes, I've got my <laughs> unconditional pasta pass card. I'd like to take out 85 bowls of pasta just for me, please. However, then Stu and I decided that we were going to try to get one, you know, for the fun of it. It would be kind of cool, 100 bucks, and you go to Olive Garden a couple times, and, you know, you talk about it, and it's fun. So we logged on to their silly little thing. We had to log on at 2 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. And we Facebooked it live. I, I kind of double-checked Stu's Facebook page to see if that's where he had posted it. But we Facebooked it live. And at 2 o'clock, we lo- I mean, we did everything correctly. And it locked up. And then it comes back to poop. Oh, no. They're all sold out. But you know what we've done? Uh, we've found a way that uh, we've partnered with eBay. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have, uh, you can go to eBay and you can uh, bid on, I think it was nine or ten pass pass cards. And the highest bidder will get it and some of it goes to charity or some of it just goes to, uh, you know, Olive Garden and eBay and none of it goes to charity. I don't know where it was going. But you know what? And it says, when we ask Olive Garden for the numbers on this year's sale, a spokesman simply said the passes were claimed Immediately. Uh, yeah. And I got a feeling that some of you Olive Garden people, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to perpetuate any kind of conspiracy. All I'm saying is it, it seemed rigged. It was almost like other things that people talk about in today's world. It just seemed rigged. We were there. We logged on, it locked up, and then it unlocked, saying we have lost, but hey, here's a chance to go bid on them on eBay. Thanks, Olive Garden. Thanks. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
The Jeff Fisher Show. That it is. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Mark, you are on the broadcast. Welcome to it. Hey, Jeffy, does that diet include, when you talk about boiled burgers, meatballs? How about meatballs and a Mediterranean sauce, slowly cooked, to the point of tears come down? And it just, ah, yeah, man. But see, we're First of all, first of all, take it easy. Okay, calm down over the Mediterranean sauce of the meatballs. Okay, just calm down a little bit. Second, uh, we're talking about National Cheeseburger Day. We're not talking about meatballs, right? Okay, but then the diet said fried food. So you're right. Uh, Don't you? When you make the meatballs, don't you fry them a little bit, uh, like uh, you know, preheat them up a little bit before you put them in the sauce, or you just boil them? Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Thanks for calling. Don't try to. We don't. We're not having. We're not having boiled meat. Okay, not going to happen. Especially boiled meatballs. Okay, you do have to kind of preheat them and fry them up a little bit and get them get them already heated up a little before you put them in the sauce. You don't want to do it too much though, because the sauce will cook them a little bit longer, and that's where your boiling comes in. On top of which, I was reminded about broiling. Okay. Nobody broils anymore. It's not American. Get over it. All right. When I was forced to eat broiled meat as a child, and you know the only winning point behind broiling steak when I was a kid was that my mother would broil the steak, and you know you had the broiling pan, so all the juices would get down into the bottom of the broiling pan, and that's what you throw out. (laughs) Uh, No. You know what you did? You took the white bread and you dipped it into that juice and ate that. That had to be real good for us. I mean, I don't know that I could bring myself to even do that these days. But <laughs> when you're a kid, come on now. That's good stuff. White bread dipped in broiled juices in the broiling pan. Oh, yeah. Come on. Chuck in Florida joins us on the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, Chuck. Greetings, my friend. I'll see you. It's the same thing. What's the deal? Are you in the same Are you in the same? A room uh, with no I, books. The microphone. I am. I thought I, I had it. Come on, man. You're killing me. Right. What I'm is going on with you? I, I, I changed nothing. I thought I, we fixed it. We put the baffles back in. Everything was great. But uh, I'm still baffled, apparently. You most definitely are baffled. Well, I'm going to have to change my uh, board settings or something here. I don't know what happened. I looked at everything and uh, made sure that the uh, echo was turned off and there was no dramatic effects to my voice because I'm already dramatic enough. All right, so we'll have, while we're okay, talking. started on the broiled meat. I can't, I can't go into broiled meat this early in the morning. Have Why not? Well, I mean, I could. <laughs> I, I mean, can always dive into meat early in the morning, but. Uh, there's no, listen, yeah. there's no, there's no well, law that says that we can't have meat right now. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm all with you there. That's okay. absolutely right. We can go passionate on food if you want to. <laughs> All right. So, Chuck, uh, while, while we're talking, turn around and tell uh, the wife uh, to start bringing in books into the room. And, you know, let's load it up. Let's load it up. It needs to be dirtier. So there's stuff laying around. Soak up some of the sound. And then, uh, I'm not joking. Tell her. I, I, I understand. Hey, Mrs. <laughs> yeah, she's otherwise occupied. Oh, my God. What's I'm calling her. I'll, I'll, I'll get this started. You need me um, to text her, her cell phone number. 
She, if she's not there, she better be working. So what stories do you have, Mr. Chuck in Florida.com? What's happening in Florida well, with your weirdos down there in the damn sunshine state? They, there is no loss for weirdos this week in Florida. We have a Lake Wales woman who called in a bomb threat to prevent her boyfriend's urine test at the police department. That was a good one. Did that work out for her? Uh, not very well. <laughs> Apparently, uh, they, they, they were convinced that uh, she would have done anything to have gotten him out of taking this urine test. So uh, Denise Martinez, wow. 31, of Lake Wales, was charged with filing a false report concerning planting a bomb, which is a felony. Yeah, she's and, done. of course, there's a recording of the 911 call on, on the website. So, Oh, oh my gosh. All yeah. right. That's that is sad. You're right, and it does it does make me think. Yep, Florida, you're still in the lead for weirdos. Next, I'm skipping the uh, the one for last year, and I'm I'm going to go down to uh, one of my favorite. Uh, uh, my favorite one is the one here in Tampa. I got to talk about later. But here's a woman who admitted hire, hiding marijuana in her niece's lunchbox as she was taking her to school when she got pulled over. So she How got pulled over. She gets pulled over for a expired tag on the back of her car. Okay. She's driving on a suspended license. She's yeah. already been booked once before for possession. And now she stashes her weed in her niece's lunchbox, thinking, I'll just hide it in here. The cops aren't going to look there. I'm surprised that the cops would look at all. I mean, I, I guess. Well, what gave them a the... very strong smell of marijuana coming from the car when the police approached. They said. So she's smoking dope with the kid in the car, taking her to school. She's brilliant, absolutely it, brilliant, real brilliant. I mean, she yeah, even wear... say that police, uh, police have no problem finding criminals because they're usually the dumbest people in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty close to fact. I mean, after all, the chosen profession. You know, you got to think about it. If you're going to go in and, and 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 think of your career choices, and you end up on I'll steal stuff. Yeah, probably not a uh, Harvard grad. That's a really good point. <laughs> Probably not. The Harvard grad is taking stuff from me. Never mind. I don't want to get into those criminals. Oh, go ahead. Well, we're going to banking and all that, but let's not. Yeah. No, uh, I don't want to start there. Here's an interesting one. A, a woman uh, called in a police report with a black eye saying that her boyfriend hit her. Oh, I'm sorry. The guy that she some, sometimes has sex with. She apparently was so inebriated when she shows up for their little friends with benefits thing. She fell out of the bed and hit her eye. And she blaming uh, him? And she's blaming him, but the story gets better. She got really, really mad apparently because, I don't know, she thought maybe he punched her or what, but she somehow managed to spray hot sauce and mustard oh. all over the bedroom. Oh. And I'm thinking, that's just rude, first of all. You come over... It's your afternoon delight thing with your, your your friend down the street that you sometimes have sex with. And the cops show up, and how does it go? He stated that, that, that he didn't live with her, but she sometimes comes over from time to time to have sex with him. Right. And I mean, who doesn't have that? No, I mean, come on. You know, it's the, the lady down the road, right? And they arrived. The 34-year-old woman wasn't wearing any clothes and appeared extremely intoxicated. I bet. She she said they had been drinking and that he struck her in the face. And that she sustained injury, injuries to her right eye from his fist. But uh, that apparently was not the case. She was so drunk, she rolled out of bed and then started losing her temper and throwing condiments all around. Wow. Man. 
That'll teach you. That'll teach you. I mean, you've got to pick your sex partners better. You have to. It's a, it's a, it's a must. Don't, I don't tell. No, I don't want to hear about why do you have sex partners at all. Um, no, uh, no. We have to have that. You just have to pick them better. Well, until the robots arrive, you know, you got got to worry about uh, all those other things until we get the clean, nice, you know, never mind. Right? (laughs) That's how you live forever, right? You were just talking about that this week, if I remember right. Thank you. Yes, you're absolutely correct. Hey, there you go. I listen. So uh, my favorite story of the week is from Tampa, right here in town. A man wanted to see if his bulletproof vest that he bought actually worked. So his cousin shot him in the chest and wound up killing him. Oh, my gosh. So it didn't work, or did he just give him a heart attack from the bullet hitting his chest? No, it went through because it wasn't really a bulletproof vest. Holy crap. And so his cousin, again, not rocket scientist here, he shoots him and square in the chest. I know, but still. I mean, that's it. So... uh, come on! You spend the money. You're, you're you're protecting yourself. And first of all, if you've ever worn a flak vest, that was in the army. Those things are big and heavy and bulky. You think you're bulletproof, but you really do. But they always tell you, no, no, no. This is just so that the uh, shrapnel doesn't, you know, cut you to shreds. The bulletproof wonder, vests are usually pretty small and thin. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, they, I'm surprised. I mean, okay. Well, first of all, let's go back to being stupid. But I'm surprised that he <laughs> thought. Uh, that, I mean, I wonder where he thought it was a bulletproof vest from and where, where he got that from. If he got it from the it guy selling it to him, that's the problem. Yeah. No, th- th- I, I was just going to say, you really got to say, I've had some bad deals in false advertising before. Hey, right. One, you know, <laughs> who the hell sells a bulletproof vest to a guy and says, no, 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 you're good. Go ahead. You know. Go ahead. Get out of here. I mean, I mean, if it doesn't work, is he going to complain? No. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. ChuckInFlorida.com. Thank you very much, my man. I appreciate it. ChuckInFlorida.com. Uh, proving once again that uh, many, many people in Florida are still some of the weirdest in the country. And attempting uh, one one last uh, quick story from Florida, just uh, uh, not a weird story really at all, just an update on uh uh the man who attempted to kill George Zimmerman uh, was found guilty in Florida this week. So even George Zimmerman still in the news. This guy cannot catch a break. Susan in West Virginia, you are on the broadcast. Welcome to it. How are you? I'm fine. It's not West Virginia. It's Wyoming. I'm one of those like 100,000 people that live here. Oh, so nice. 62,000 in I our just capital. Looked, and good morning. Right. Why? I Listen, I'm a big fan of Wyoming. That's I'm, awesome. I would love to okay. be up there. It is such a beautiful day. I'm headed out to the farmer's market to get tomatoes and basil and oregano and things like that. But I have a meatball recipe I think you would love. (laughs) They're called mozzarella meatballs. And you just take a cube about three quarters of an inch by three quarters of an inch and wrap your where, well, we use grass fed, no GMO, no anything no antibiotics, steroids, or things like that. We get our meat from Wheatland, from a place up there, so it's all pure. And I'm telling you, the taste is so different from meat so you, that how it should be versus what you would just get at your local your local supermarket. But we wrap that around it, and then we fry it up in bacon grease. Yes, in bacon grease. 
And then we put it in the crock pot with tomato sauce that we've made either from tomatoes from our backyard or from the farmer's right. market and just let it cook all day. They make the best meatball sandwiches you have ever had. Oh, Don't waste it good. on spaghetti. You want a meatball sandwich. I have. Uh, to be, to be fair. Coming in. Yeah, I okay. bet. Now, to be fair, um, Susan, uh, my wife has made that before. Um, okay. The, the cheese so and the meatballs. Uh, trust me, I'm yeah. 8,000 pounds. I understand. I understand. Yeah, however, I, however, I will say this, that um, I'm not sure I, she's made it. We, I, I must, I, I know that. You know, you can talk down to me some more with your little grass-fed beef stuff, but I, I didn't. I didn't have that, so I'm sure it was that okay. much better. Now, my producers in New York are taste is totally different. My I husband know. was all rrr, rrr, rrr. it's like two dollars and eighty cents more a pound, and, and then I put a bite in his mouth, and he was like, "Where did you get this?" Okay, I guess we could. Guess we could pay that. Yeah, I guess we could pay that. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, so he was full. Well, and we don't eat a ton of meat here. It's more of, I'd like to call it an accent to our meal. We eat a ton of vegetables and fruits. My husband eats a ton of bread, sadly. I've tried, I've tried. Yeah, I'm just not even going to go there because he just is who he is. But I will tell you, saturated fats get such a bad name. They get a bad rap. And saturated fats are so good for your body. That yes. gives you satiety, which means I can go from breakfast to lunch without feeling hungry. Susan. And so in essence, you eat less calories. And people don't seem to get that. And I just sit here and I beat my head against the wall and I'm like, hello. No, don't be trying you think I'm 5'7 and 135 pounds because don't of my be saturated fat. Thank you. So I Thank just, you. I'm with you. I just wanted to let you know. Yes, I appreciate it. So what? what a bad name. Grass-fed beef, that's the way to go. And mozzarella meatballs, for anybody out there listening, look it up online. It's just heaven in a bite. So there you go. So it, you, you said that it's a beautiful day in Wyoming. Is it not almost winter there now? Are we not? No. We not? No, not even. We've had some colder days where it's been in the 60s. Where you've, instead of wearing capris to work, I've actually worn <laughs> pants or, yeah, things like that. Maybe put my sandals back on the shelf and <laughs> just worn slip-on shoes. But, no, it's gorgeous. Just a gorgeous day here. Susan, thank I'm you in, very much. I'm in capris now. So, all right, you have a great day. I appreciate I it very I much. I love your show. Thank you. I, you know, when you went to Florida, I thought you had lost the show. I just about went. Oh, no, it's all good. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. Susan brought up a good point, too. If I've said it once, I've said it I don't know how many times. Saturated fats are good for you. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. 
That it is on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Lawrence Jones coming up immediately following this broadcast at noon Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA and, of course, Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. Uh, on the Jeff Fisher Radio page uh, on the Blaze Radio Network, don't forget we do a Walking Dead podcast every week. Uh, we have Fear. Uh, we're talking Fear. With uh, Brad Staggs and uh, Jason Buttrell once a week. And then, of course, the real Walking Dead starts in October. Man, am I looking forward to that. We'll definitely have a podcast for that on that page. I guarantee you that. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Ah, yes. Welcome to it. Thank you for listening to the broadcast. Don't forget Monday through Friday, you've got uh, Doc Thompson in the morning. Glenn Beck immediately following him. Buck Sexton immediately following that. Chris Salcedo immediately following that. Pat and Stu immediately following that. So there's a day, Monday through Friday, Lock it in and rip the knob off. The Blaze Radio Network, no place else you need to rather. And then, of course, Sundays. I mean, I told you about today. I mean, today you got Lawrence Jones, Mike Slater, Joe Paggs right after me. Hello. And you just kick it off with uh, Michael Pelka before my show. And then Sunday, you've got a little David Barton in the morning. You got some Jackie D in the afternoon, a little energy. I mean, I don't know what more to tell you. Just except. There's no need for you to go. I don't want to hear. You know, I was listening to some blood. No, I don't want to hear it. I don't. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. All right. So I told you uh, a little bit ago about the Samsung Note recall. Well, boy. Huh. First of all, I want to apologize. All right. Uh, we talked to uh, Timothy Sanifor earlier in the broadcast today about his uh, new book, uh, The Permission Society. And uh, this is a perfect example of that. Um, <sighs> Samsung, uh, their little recall that we talked about a couple weeks ago uh, wasn't official. Okay, uh, they didn't uh, they didn't run it through the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, and so uh, it wasn't official at all. Whew. Okay, <laughs> so now it is the Galaxy Note. Recall, recall, recall is official. And gosh darn it, now, now things can start getting done. The recall announcement from the Consumer Product Safety Commission says that Samsung has received 92 reports of overheating batteries, 26 reports of burns, and 55 reports of property damage, including fires in cars and garage. So... 
I mean, now it's an official. We've got some numbers. Couldn't have got those numbers without it being official. And uh, to determine if your phone has been recalled, uh, because uh, 97%, it covers uh, 97% of there, so there's 3% out there that actually work. Um, I would take a guess and just say no, uh, even though you say uh, they're a Consumer Product Safety Commission. Well, you're one of your phones is with 3% that isn't recalled. Uh, no, no, it is. Uh, it is. So you can call the toll-free number and make sure you read them, the IMEI number on the phone's packaging or check out the phone settings. Um, it's also apparently printed on very fine type in the back of your phone. You can find out if your phone is actually part of the recall. And all the – I'll tweet this out for you if you if you want to know. They've got all the you know, AT&T, Best Buy, Sprint, T-Mobile, U.S. Cellular, all the numbers you can contact and their websites. And you can find out if your particular Note 7 is uh, – as part of the recall, on a side note, uh, I saw someone uh, with uh, the note uh, earlier this week looked great. I want the edge bad, okay, the new edge, and um, I slowed down my wantingness of it when this non-recall came out a couple of weeks ago. Now, <laughs> now that it's official, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I still, I'm, I'm biting the bullet. Pretty soon, because they look cool, and I and I, they look cool. That's all you care about is looks. Yes, that's all I care about is looks. And I mean, I have look. I've got the five. I've got the Samsung, you know, the Galaxy Five, and I love this phone. This bad boy is a, a workhorse, and I love it. But you know, it's time to move on. It's time to move on now. Uh, according and realizing this is the story isn't meant to tie in with our permission society chat earlier in the broadcast, but it is simply by reading it. It's like, oh my gosh, because uh, the CPSC, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, was not pleased with being caught unaware of Samsung's September 2nd, not really a recall announcement. Companies should not be putting out unilateral recall announcements. It doesn't matter if it's a global product or a solely U.S.-based company. It does not serve consumers well to simply say a product will be recalled without coordination regarding the scope and remedies. It's not a recipe for a successful recall for a company to go out on their own. Without us, I wouldn't have a job. Okay. Just remember now that you can't take it anywhere. Can't fly it on airplanes. They won't let you let it on the on the plane. It's illegal to sell and resell the device. Now that it has the CPS stamp of approval, you can't resell it. You can't sell it. You can't carry it on a on a plane. Just it's it's because of regulations. The permission society. Tough for Samsung, though. I, you know, they've been a pretty good company, and we've got, I think every television in my house is probably a Samsung. Now, the timing of the recall is not great for Samsung. Uh, you know, Apple releases the iPhone, released the iPhone 7, uh, and Korea's biggest shipping company, which I didn't realize, Korea's biggest shipping company uh, is going through bankruptcy. So there's a bunch of holiday deliveries at risk for delay. So think about that when you're ordering your holiday gifts, too. Ooh, it's a tough one. Okay. Bad news for the Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm not talking about just trash from the Galaxy Note Seven. Okay, I'm talking about bad news for the Earth. 
Raise your hands. And I'm talking to you specifically out there. Raise your hands. Yeah, you. Have you seen Armageddon? Raise your hand. Yeah, I figured most of you had. Have you seen uh, Deep Impact? Raise your hand. Yeah, most of you have. Now, there's a fine divide between people who have seen both those movies, who thinks uh, which is best, uh, you know, Armageddon or Deep Impact. Uh, both movies about asteroids going to destroy the planet Earth. Okay? Now, Earth survived in both those movies. I mean, luckily, <laughs> luckily, in Deep Impact, uh, Biederman hit, okay, when it got broken half. <laughs> yeah, uh, they nuked it, but they didn't nuke it strong enough, and, you know, it split into two. So one of the pieces, Biederman, hit the Earth. Uh, then, you know, obviously the other one got hit with our astronauts. <sighs> they gave their life for the planet Earth. In Armageddon, only bits and pieces of the asteroid hit the Earth. You know, sizes of basketballs, Volkswagens, that kind of stuff. And thankfully... Um, Well, several astronauts and several drillers, oil drillers, and one in particular, uh, Harry Stamper, uh, gave his life to uh, save the planet. Well, the White House science chief, he believes, John Holdren, director of the White House's Office of Science and Technology, Earth is vulnerable to a major asteroid strike. Da da da! Oh no! In real life, yes, Jeff, that's what Holdren is saying. Oh no! Holdren cited a February 2013 meteor explosion over the Russian city and the 1908 airburst as reasons to take asteroid threats seriously. Yeah, Ooh, man, one from 1908 and one from 2013. Ooh. We are not fully prepared, but we are on a trajectory to get much more so. Holdren, on September 14th, just a couple of days ago, at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center during a discussion of the agency's planned asteroid redirect mission, ARM, the asteroid redirect mission, ARM, If we're going to be as capable a civilization as our technology allows, we need to be prepared for even those rare events because they could do a lot of damage to Earth. This is a hazard that 65 million years ago the dinosaurs succumbed to. We have to be smarter than the dinosaurs. This guy is uh, amazing. That's why he's in charge of the... White House's Office of Science Technology Policy. So, I mean, it's a little scary. Little scary. The Earth, uh, you know, could. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> wow, it's possible that uh, you could uh, you could die from an asteroid hitting the Earth. 
it may be time to think about moving off Earth. It may be time to maybe getting some vacation land on another planet. You don't want to spend, you know, in case, of, you know, if an asteroid is coming, you'll be able to, you know, hop on your little quick spaceship and jet off to your to the other planet to be safe for a while, right? Like if you live in Florida, a hurricane's coming, you got a place in another part of the country, you get out of there. You go to the other part of the country, the hurricane comes through, then you come back. That's why I saw something yesterday that I think I want. I want land on the moon. And guess what? Now you can have your own parcel of land on the moon. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you can. And I want a parcel of land on the moon. Bad. I am purchasing land on the moon. I will be a landowner on the moon. Okay? One acre of land on the moon, and it can go up to packages. I think you can get up to uh, five acres. All right? I want to be a landowner on the moon. I must have thrown away the other thing. Gosh darn it, there was one. There was one paper that had the actual size of the deal. Darn it. The packages, you can get five acres and they give you, uh, you can get a certificate, you can get a frame certificate, you can get a frame certificate with your name on it. And I think it's like 30 bucks an acre, $25 an acre, and then um, I think it's 25 bucks an acre if you buy one. And then if you get the premium package with um, your name on the certificate, it seems that it was 30 bucks and then it was uh, went up to like 40 45 bucks if you wanted it framed and then you could get 5 acres and you know the total with the premium and framed and stuff i want land on the moon and it might be a good thing to do since you know we could be in devastating issues with an asteroid that might maybe hit the earth and you know who doesn't want a quick, uh, you know, a quick jet to the moon and watch the Earth get hit by the asteroid and then come back and see what's going on? <laughs> what are you doing? Just heading to the, you know, the beach house on the moon. There's no water or anything on the moon, Jeff. I know. I just call it the beach house. We titled it the beach house. Sounds good. But we're going to the moon anyway. We're going to watch the Earth get hit by an asteroid and then we're coming back. We will be the leaders then, huh? kind of like that here we go this is the jeff fisher show on the blaze radio network The Jeff Fisher Show. That it is. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Who knew yesterday afternoon, I didn't even realize this was going on, or I would have given the man the ratings that he deserved. Professional stuntman Eddie Braun jumped over Snake River Canyon Friday afternoon in his ode to his idol, Evil Knievel. He soared over the southern Idaho Canyon in a custom-built rocket dubbed Evil Spirit. Launched off the ramp, the edge of the canyon. It was like 4 p.m. yesterday. What the heck? 
The rocket reached 400 miles an hour, and then the parachute deployed, and he landed safely on the other side, 1,400 foot wide. Think about it. I feel like the no-name third-string quarterback for a junior varsity team that just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, baby. I mean, who he grew up... Uh, Braun had trouble finding corporate sponsors for the stunt and said he spent about $1.5 million of his own money at the jump. Are you freaking kidding me? You want to pay homage to Evil Knievel? I mean, come on, sponsors. You're spon- That's very disappointing. Very, very disappointing. I loved Evil Knievel. In fact, you know, I had an opportunity to meet him a couple of times. He lived in Tampa Bay uh, when uh, I was there. Um, and so, you know, he used to come into uh, the station uh, from time to time. And uh, I loved Evil. He was <laughs> he was the man, Evil Knievel. And, uh, I mean, who didn't jump every time you jump over something? Even to, today, this guy is jumping over a canyon, saying thing to himself, "Evil Knievel." I mean, you jump over, say you jump over a mud puddle, and you think to yourself, "Evil Knievel." You don't do that. You telling me you don't jump over a mud puddle and think to yourself, "Evil Knievel." You don't play with the kids and you the, you know, the little cars and trucks, and you jump over them and Evil Knievel. You don't do that? Come on now. Even when you have like the Hess trucks rode up and you take a car and you build a little ramp and you shoot it off and you have the electric car and you get it all going as fast as you can. You try to jump over the jump over the Hess trucks, evil Knievel style. You don't do that? Well, I'll tell you something right now. Now that I'm talking about this, we are going to do a Facebook Live in this building with Hess trucks and race cars and Evil Knievel, that bad boy, right here in this building, the Mercury Studios. Today, for some reason, I got locked into doing these Facebook Lives after uh, after the radio show on Saturdays. So Brad and I are doing another Facebook Live today, uh, sometime after the radio show, um, just Look for the alert on your Facebook page. Um, and today we're doing some magic tricks. And I think, i got to look around and see if my daughter's in the room. She came with me. She doesn't know it yet. I'm going to make her disappear. Ha! Cannot wait. She is going to freak out when I make her disappear. Because I don't know where I'm sending her. <laughs> and I don't know if I can get her back. But I'm making her disappear today on Facebook Live, and that's just the way it is. In other sports news, uh, everybody's saying, hey, no big deal, Colin Kaepernick. Don't worry about it. More players are coming on board with them. Can't hurt the NFL, right? Everybody can do what they want to do. Won't hurt. Well, it appears that uh, mm, that might not necessarily be the case. Uh, the ratings, not as good as they were last year. Hmm. Funny. Lower than last season 
at every mark. Amazing. And, of course, the Rams uh, played the second game uh, with San Francisco uh, in L.A., you know, the first time in 22 years. Um, uh, uh, the game averaged uh, 7-1, and uh, last year uh, it was a 9-5. So, uh, Colin, you keep down on that one knee, baby. You keep telling yourself it's not going to affect anything. And the NFL, I know that's not a full – people are still watching, still spending money on your jerseys. But they're not spending as much now, are they? No, they're not. Hmm. I wonder why. What could it be? What could it be? The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. That it does. 1-88-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA or Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, and of course Instagram at JeffyMRA. What wouldn't you do to know when is the best time to make a decision? When is the best time to schedule a job interview? The best time to ask for a raise? Don't you want to know that? Of course you do. Don't you want to brainstorm and be super creative, ask for a raise and get it, pig out and metabolize everything at warp speed, nap and wake feeling refreshed, see a therapist and get to the root of your issues, go for a great run, have your best sex, make a deal and negotiate like Donald Trump. Don't you want that? Then you know what you need to do? You need to know your chronotype. Yeah, your chronotype. Okay? Um, can help you dictate the best time for you to make an important decision or take the next step in your career. And how do you know your chronotype? <laughs> Amazingly, there's a quiz. And with that quiz, we'll tell you your chronotype. Now, according to this site, it's a 45-second quiz. I have a feeling it will take a little longer. But let's take it, shall we? The slightest sound or light can keep me awake or wake me up. True or false? Uh, false. Food, you take the quiz with me, okay? It's a chronotype quiz. Now, I'm going to answer the questions. You can figure it out, and we'll figure it out what chronotype you are anyway. Uh, food is not a great passion for me. <laughs> uh, false. I usually wake up before my alarm rings. You know, that's true when I get enough sleep, but I don't get enough sleep, so false. I can't sleep well on planes, even with an eye mask and earplugs. Uh, that's false as well. Um, I'm often irritable, irritable due to fatigue. Uh, that it would be true. Uh, I worry inordinately about small details. Sometimes that's true, but uh, I've been diagnosed by a doctor or self-diagnosed as an insomniac. Oh, that's false. Uh, in school, I was anxious about my grades. Mm, not really sure. 
uh, lose sleep ruminating about what happened in the past and what might happen in the future. I'm a perfectionist. I mean, can't you tell? <laughs> wow. Hello. Uh, if you had nothing to do the next day and gave yourself permission, because it is the Permission Society, to sleep in as long as you like, when would you wake up before 6.30, between 6.30 and 8.45, after 8.45? That is the stupidest question I've ever When you have to get out of bed by a certain time, do you use an alarm clock? Uh, yes. Plus one or two snoozes. No need. You wake up on your own at just the right time. Yes to the alarm with a backup alarm and multiple snoozes. I used to do that, but no. Now it's just yes to the alarm plus one or two snoozes. When do you wake up on weekends? The same time as your work week schedule. Within 45 or 90 minutes of your work week schedule, 90 minutes or more past your work week schedule. Well, that's, that's a tough one because this is considered the weekend, but not really. I mean, this day is a work work week schedule. It's part of my work week. So on a day off, uh, you know, that you're considering your weekends, would I sleep in past my work week schedule? Probably. How do you experience jet lag? Uh, first, you have to fly. Uh, you struggle with it no matter what. You adjust within 48 hours. You adjust quickly, especially when traveling west. You adjust within 40 Of course you adjust. What's your favorite meal? Think time of the day more than menu. Breakfast. Lunch. Dinner. Favorite meal. Lunch. If you were a flashback to high school and take the SAT again, assuming you took it, when would you prefer to start the test for maximum focus and concentration? Not just get it over with. Early morning, early afternoon, mid-afternoon. If you could choose any time of day to do an intense workout, when would you do it? <laughs> Another lifetime. No, that's not on here. Before 8 a.m., between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m., after 4 p.m. You could choose the time of day to do an intense workout. When would you do it? That's a tough one. When are you most alert? Another lifetime. One to two hours post-wake up. Two to four hours post-wake up. Four to six hours post-wake up. If you could choose your own five-hour workday, which block of consecutive hours would you choose? 4 a.m. to 9 a.m. 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. Hmm. Do you consider yourself left-brained, a.k.a. a strategic and analytical thinker, a balanced thinker, right-brained, a.k.a. creative and insightful thinker? Hmm. Do you nap? Never. Sometimes on the weekend, if you took a nap, you'd be up all night. Now, remember, this is we're, gonna, we're finding out our chronotype because we want to know when to do things in our life the best time to make decisions, to schedule a job interview. This is a 45-second quiz. It's taking a lot longer than 45 seconds, I might add. Uh, if you had to do two hours of hard physical labor, <laughs> uh, would you ask yourself, why are you doing it? Like moving furniture or chopping wood, when would you choose to do it for maximum efficiency? Not just get it over with. 8 to 10 a.m., 11 to 1 p.m., 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. For maximum efficiency. Regarding your overall health, which statement sounds like you? 
I make healthy choices almost all the time. I make healthy choices sometimes. I struggle to make healthy choices. What's your comfort level with taking risks? Low, medium, high. Do you consider yourself future-oriented with big plans and clear goals? Informed by the past, hopeful about the future, aspiring to live in the moment. Present-oriented, it's all about what feels good now. How would you characterize yourself as a student? Stellar, solid, slacker. When you first wake up in the morning, are you bright-eyed, dazed but not confused, groggy eyelids made of cement? How would you describe your appetite within a half hour of waking up? Very hungry, hungry, not at all hungry. How often do you suffer from insomnia symptoms? Rarely, only when you're adjusting to a new time zone. Occasionally, when you're going through a rough time or a stressed out. Chronically, it comes in waves. How would you describe your overall life satisfaction? High, good, low. It's generating my results. Chronotype. What chronotype am I? Chronotype. I am a bear. My chronotype is a bear. And then there's a video going to tell me what the bear is from Dr. What's his name? Hold on. Dr. I am. Congratulations. You are a bear. The power of when. What's your name? Get up on the screen again. Dr. Michael Brewis. The power of when. He's just hawking his book. Chronotype. Bear. And then there's the dolphin, the lion, the wolf. Really? What are the... Okay, a bear. Four key personality traits. Cautiousness, extroversion, friendly and easy to talk to, open-minded. Four key behaviors. Avoid conflict, aspiring to be healthy, prioritizing happiness, taking comfort in the familiar. Sleep alertness pattern. Bears wake up in a daze after hitting the snooze button once or twice, start to feel tired by mid to late evening, and sleep deeply but not as long as they'd like. Most alert mid-morning into early afternoon, most productive late morning. Naps, bears catch extra hours on the weekends on the couch. Let's find out what a dolphin is. Real dolphins sleep with only half of their brain at a time, which is why they're called unhemispheric, unhemispheric sleepers. The other half is awake and alert, concentrated on swimming and looking for predators. This name fits insomniacs well, intelligent, neurotic, light sleepers with low sleep drive. Wait, real dolphins sleep with half their brain at a time? They're called unihemispheric? Unihemispheric. Unihemispheric sleepers. Get out. A lion. Real lions are morning hunters at the top of the food chain. This name fits morning-oriented, driven optimists with medium sleep drive. A wolf. Real wolves are nocturnal hunters. This name fits night-oriented creature extroverts with a medium sleep drive. Oh, no. And then the bear. So there's the difference between a bear, a dolphin, a lion, and a wolf. Dolphins account for 10% of the population. Lions account for 15 to 20% of the population. Bears account for 50%. What? I'm I'm in the big chunk? 
Wolves account for 15 to 20. I got to answer these questions differently. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. Lawrence Jones uh, will be along with you right after this show on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, next week, uh, this first of all, next broadcast, we're going to cover some of the newer television shows that are on. This week, some of the new shows start up and uh, kick in. And we got to, I mean, I've I looked at some of the newer ones. There's some that look, hey, some that look. Wow, why are they still making that? And so we're, I'm going to go through and uh, watch as many as I can for you. And, uh, you know, I'll take one for the team. That's what I do. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of, uh, we'll kind of go over the new, the new shows of the, of the fall and see what will last and what won't. And then there's, you know, some of the newer ones start up again too that are, you know, I mean, NCIS and all the big shows are back NCIS, Blue Bloods, uh, Lucifer. We'll begin a second season. I think that starts up too. Um, I mean, there's some there's some definitely good shows on there. We'll, I mean, the show that won't be back until next year is um, uh, ah the TNT show. Gosh darn it, Animal Kingdom. Uh, boy, the first season of that was great. Uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man. Sex, drugs, and mafia crime. It was great. Um, so. Plenty of stuff happening on television. Netflix is uh, dropping some new shows already. And uh, then I see the story that they want to pay me to binge watch kids' movies. Wait, what? Since the time you were a kid, adults have been telling you when it comes uh, choosing a career, you should love what you do. Well, guess what? Uh, all you have to do is be a content tagger for Netflix. I am in love with that. I'm ready to do it. I'll be a content tagger for Netflix. It will be good to go. So that's all they want. They want you to, you're just going to be a reviewer and you're just going to watch those shows. I don't know how much they're going to pay you for that. Uh, probably won't be as much as you think. Usually those shows are uh, kind of tough. Um, well, look. A free subscription to Netflix, I don't know, would be worth having to sit through all the kids' shows and be a content tagger because they're probably you're going to have to do so many a day, right? They're not going to, you can't just watch one and be done for the day. You're going to have to sit through, you know, season two of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, or you're going to have to sit through, you know, season two of Care Bears or whatever it is, and it's going to be you're going to want to end it uh, before it's over. So it's got to be worth it. Um, got to be worth it on their tag. However, I will say that there was news that talked about, you, uh, you know, you got to thinking about a free subscription. Survey of uh, says that most Netflix customers would be willing to pay more for their service. Wait. Why? Um, their recent price hike, we went over that here on this show. The price hike wasn't really a price hike overall. I mean, not really. And uh, Netflix customers would pay $16 or month or more a month for the streaming service. 
Uh, uh, dear Netflix, uh, no, this does not apply to me. This does not apply to me. Dear Netflix, this does not apply to me. Another 39% didn't go that high, but say they'd fork over more cash than they do now and pay anywhere from 12 to $15 a month. I don't know what the heck I pay now. Probably that. I think I pay, I think we pay 12 or 15 bucks a month to have, uh, unlimited streaming and, um, four devices can run at the same time. Cause I can't look. If I'm going to watch something on Netflix downstairs and, you know, I don't want my kids around. So they've got to be, you know, they've got to be up, they got to be upstairs, you know. You know, you don't want your kids around. So let them go watch Netflix upstairs. I mean, and then if I'm going to watch something in the bedroom and I don't want my anybody around, I mean, let my wife be out in the living room and the kids upstairs, and we're fine. I'm already paying for that. What do I want to pay more for? Plus, Netflix just wants more money because they want to be able to produce their own damn TV shows. Uh, thank you. No. You're already doing that. You're making enough. I'm, I'm, I'm paying you enough. Okay? I'm just telling you. I'm not going to be the one that's in the high percentage of, yeah, I'll pay them a lot more money. No problem. I love it. Uh, no. No, I will not. All right. Have a good week. Lawrence Jones standing by for your listening pleasure on the Blaze Radio Network. If no one told you yet today, you look great. And I mean that. You look fantastic. I mean, <laughs> You're not really going to wear that all day, though, are you? Ooh. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.